okay, there we go. So welcome to this Black Girl Podcast. I am one half of your host, Lola. I also go by Ola.miss.lola on Instagram. And I am the other half of your host, Hildiva, also at the Hildiva on IG. And we are so glad to bring you our wonderful guest today, Mr. Jack Decker, also also a host of a wonderful game show called Interrogation. Is that correct? Yes. It's a simple deduction game show. Two contestants compete against each other. Uh, first contestant has up to 20 questions. Uh, the second contestant has to beat their score. And it's all based off the old uh, parlor game of 20 questions. You know, person, place, thing, vegetable, animal, mineral, I think it's another name for it. Uh, there was an old game show called What's My Line, but they just focused on jobs. Well, back in the day, What's My Line was a phrase. You'd me and Matt cocktail party, and they'd say, What's your line? Meaning, What's your line of work? Mm. Like, mine does all, all topics. Um, so. It's just that. I mean, it's a, each competition series is five videos long, and they're um, released individually. And now I've gone into shorts. So I take that one two-person contestant episode, and then I make two short videos of them individually, like a single contestant episode, and then it's under 60 minutes long. Very quick, very the total opposite of the regular show because my show has no time limit there's no champions we chit chat there's a majority of the video is actually um chit chatting with the the guests whatever they want to talk about but in the shorts i just down to questions and answers and bam 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 done so anyways that's what's that's what's going on that's what i'm hoping uh eventually to have be a full-time occupation but right now it's just um, (laughs) a hobby (laughs) cool nice so my question to you, as we get to know more about you and to kind of delve into our realm a little bit further, um, you do the YouTubing as, um, I guess, your hobby, your enjoyment that you want to make full time. Um, what do you do, I guess, as a supplement, as the day job, the, the monotonous part? <laughs> your li- <laughs> what's you your don't line? mind sharing. Okay. <laughs> um, for the last three years, I've been a trucker. Okay. Um, two years of... Um, First year I was an OTR trucker, which is over the road, which is long mm-hmm. haul, long haul trucker. Um, and uh, the last two years I've been a delivery driver. Uh, I'm not sure if it, for a soda company. And Ooh. a year ago, um, I don't know if the camera can see it, but um, a year ago I shattered my left elbow. Oh, no. oh my gosh! And, yeah, I was on a, I was on a job um, car. Um, ran me over, um, but fortunately just ran over my foot and we were steel-toed shoes. And it was the lightest car, the ER doctor said it was the lightest car you could be hit with, which was an MGM midget, um, Burgundy. Uh, I was coming out of a, of a grocery store coming around my truck and this car just buzzed right in front of my, almost hit my truck. Oh, I pushed man. myself back, but that put my foot out there and I yeah. pushed myself into my truck and my foot hurt a little bit. <clears throat> I was jumping around. Never saw who did. Never saw who the driver was. Male, female, wow. elephant. You wow. know. Um, the my boss. I have three bosses above me: a supervisor, regional manager, branch manager. Mm-hmm. And the branch manager was just like, "No, call the cops." 
I need to report, mm-hmm. you know, and then the cop, and then I says, well, should I go to the emergency room? He goes, oh yeah, go to the emergency room. You gotta get this x-ray. You know, he's going through the whole, he's been mm-hmm. there forever. <laughs> you know, like he's, this is, this is nothing new to him. So I, here you're going through this and this is new to me. Um, and so when I, and I said, so should I drive my truck there? And he said, well, leave that up to the ER. And the ER said, well, the 911. And they said, what foot was run over? And I said, my right foot. He says, oh, no. <laughs> we do not want you to yeah. pain your, because that's where I, for accelerator and brake. Exactly. Right. <laughs> he says, it was yeah. your left foot? Maybe. Your right, right. foot? No. And then we had, I don't I won't tell the town. Um, <laughs> but basically, Elmer 5, Elmer 5 uh, you know, came and took mm-hmm. the statement, et cetera. There was no, there was an old grocery store had no cameras outside. Mm. Like, I'll drive around and find this person. There is a tourist location, so I know yeah. I'm almost certain that this is a tourist, and they, and I know that they had to know that they've hit me, and of I course. know they didn't break because it was on gravel. So if they had, if they had hit their brakes after hitting me, I would have heard the the, the gigantic rumble of that. They That's did. Right. They, if anything, they accelerated. Okay. Um, and so that deputy went out trying to find them in the in this town. The store manager tried to find them in the town. Went to the emergency room. They they X-rayed my foot. It was red, and but no fractures, no broken bones. Okay. The next week, my elbow started feeling weird. And um, then two days after uh, into that week, um, I heard a lot of pain, and they took a, eventually an MRI, and I had shattered my left elbow. What? Uh, so you were two days not knowing you had a shattered elbow walking oh, around. Um, what happened? A week. You have two. Elbow, you have actually two joints in your elbow. You have two joints in your elbow. Mm-hmm. And I, okay. Um, when I when I was recovering, my foot was the one that was hurting. I was hobbling around at work, and you know all the jokes that my boss <laughs> and boys were making. You know, oh, yeah. gimp, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, and I, I just kept them working. And then when it came to the weekend, I rested up. I didn't move at all. I just put my foot up to slow, heal yourself, boy. And Monday, foot felt fine. And actually, when it came back to regular color, it went from red to black and blue to brown and yellow. Then eventually by Monday, it was almost just normal. And I was like, cool. Okay. Yeah. A little, <laughs> little run over, not a problem. And then I'm out there lifting as a delivery guy. Uh, it's one of the most de- physically demanding jobs you can have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you move uh, up to 50 pounds cases. And so you're constantly moving. I mean, I went from OTR, which was you send a truck for eight, 10 hours a day, you know, your, your whole battle is not becoming ballooning up in a gigantic, you know, being insanely fat um, to doing that. And I actually went from 275 to 250 because of the job alone. It was, it's just very oh, wow. demanding. Oh, wow. um, and so on Monday morning, I just went back and then my elbow started feeling weird. I mean, just like I never felt it weird that before I, I had shattered. I, I'm not sure. I broke the elbow here before had a plate and three screws in it and oh, fully gosh. recovered full full movement and everything and um anyways went <clears throat> went back to work and and then just started feeling weird and then the next day it started feeling catching like how it catches when it moves mm-hmm. and then the next day tuesday um it felt weirder and weirder um and then um like the just before I had pain, I just unloaded, what was it, like 
36 50 pound cases of bottled water at a at a gas station mm-hmm. and i was just feeling really weird doing that but i just you know plugged my way you know pushed my way through it but then when i went to there's a well menards i don't care i don't think they care if i tell who they are and they just had a, a tray of broken glass broken glasses you know there's nothing and almost no weight to them you know mm-hmm. and so and they were on top of a pallet so i naturally just reached up to take them back and that's when the pain hit and yeah. so i've been on workers comp for the last well that happened june 30th of last year oh wow um, and uh, it was just now i'm having nerve problems nerve um it's just painful it, it, i i can i can move it around etc but if i try to lift something with it like even a pound it yeah, causes yeah. me pain mm-hmm. um i start up new physical therapy tomorrow um, with a new oh. physical therapist, I'm hoping that they'll get me back to work, or at least get me to where I can be an OTR trucker again, uh, a, okay. a regular trucker. I don't, I, I don't know if I'll be able to go back and being a delivery driver because now I only have one joint in my uh, left arm. Fortunately, the joint that shattered was um, of the bone that, uh, when you twist your hand like this, yeah. okay, that's because you have you have two bones in your arm. And the the one that uh, there's a there's a basically kind of like your load supporting joint you know, when you okay. when you when you arm curl that's the mm-hmm. one you do but the other one enables you to do this and to hold it so it can so it just is is very important <laughs> just, yeah. You know, very so, yeah yeah otherwise your hand would just you 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 would having control over your hand you almost like sling around and so that's what uh, but we'll see <laughs> we'll see so you know that's what i'm hoping to get back at least to yeah. going um and i loved i i loved doing otr trucking uh it was just we have i'm in here in america and we have just beautiful country there's not a there is not a part of america except for the cities <laughs> that, uh, that that i don't like and this the only reason i don't like the cities is because uh, drive a drive a 50 a three foot truck through any city and you'll find oh, out just how yeah, much you yeah, hate the cities and and especially OTR. Like, well, what, what does what OTR stand for sorry what OTR is like off the road trucking oh, uh, over the road over the road uh, long it's a long haul trucker like I'm a, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm now a daily trucker which means um, I return to my uh, terminal the same day I, I leave it you set out. And but, I, but, I, go, I go home every night I have every weekend off. Um, oh, that's good. And and I'm working for. I mean, I, I don't care. It's Dr. Pepper. Hopefully, don't get upset because I, I'm very happy working. I love for Dr. Them. Pepper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love. Well, I love AW. I can't drink cola, but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they they treat me very well. They treat me very well in workers' comp. Um, and so, uh, in comparison to the trucking companies I worked for, um, they treat me very nicely. And I mean, when we when COVID hit. Um, they gave us a 20% pay increase to keep us working. Oh, wow. So I went from 70, essentially 70000 a year to 84000 a year. And that was for six months. What? Uh, That's good. Yeah, well, and especially in comparison to Pepsi, they gave their dri- drivers a $1 an hour raise. Wow. And they cut all their hours. Mm-hmm. Dr. Pepper, we don't we don't um, deliver to restaurants and, and bars. Okay. Um, it's just not profitable. If if you eat a so if you drink a soda at McDonald's or anything that 
the soda companies make no money off of those soda sales. That that's viewed as advertising by soda companies. It, it's just uh, we make our money off of retail. When you go to a grocery store, that's where our money is made off of. So when you go to like a oh um, Burger King or a McDonald's and you see Dr Pepper, that's actually um, distributed by Coca Cola. And it's just oh. because they want Don, there's such a demand for Dr Pepper that they they okay. The, you know, Burger King says we want Dr. Pepper. And then, okay, we'll, we'll bring that on in too. Um, so when the COVID hit, the majority of their truckers, their business is to restaurants and taverns. And so they all shut down and they all lost their hours. Yeah. Uh, Coca-Cola is even worse. Their, their message to their drivers, be thankful you have a job. Wow. Yeah. Here's the thing. There's a huge demand for truckers. Has been for many, many years. Yeah. Their truckers all quit. And so I was driving around and here's a, a warehouse foreman and a manager and a sales rep driving their trucks because all their drivers quit because of that attitude. Wow. Yeah. Well, I want to I wanna ask because of the trucking. Um, sure. Just because, you know, it's long hours, it's extended hours. You can be gone anywhere from, you know, a week, two weeks, depending on how long, like where you're driving from. I was a nomad trucker. Oh yeah? Oh, so um, you had the you had the room in the truck. Yeah, well, we all OTR truckers have a sleeper unit in the back. That's a okay. It's a bunk bed. It's really minimal. I was all reefer driver, which doesn't mean I smoke drugs. It means, <laughs> it means I drove a refrigerated truck. You're called a reefer. Okay. And all reefer drivers have refrigerators in them in their sleeper units because if you don't, well, there's a gigantic ref, uh, refrigerator right that I'm towing behind you. I'll just sniff the, the the seal and put my milk in there and shut the door. Right. Again. <laughs> so that's why all reefer drivers get refrigerated because they're, if we don't, they don't. We'll, we'll open up the truck. We don't care. You know? Right. Um, well, I wanna, I wanna ask with this job just because um, it can be demanding socially in the sense of oh, yeah. you're on the road long hours. You don't always get to interact with. If you want to get divorced, become an OTR trucker. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I was gonna ask, how does that ref- affect like, relationships? Work. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. Really? Okay. Yeah, the, I've had... Another joke name for an OTR trucker is a divorced <laughs> trucker. Um, and also, because <laughs> when truckers get divorced, they go to. Yeah. Work. I was yeah. a nomad trucker, which means I lived in my truck. I didn't have. Yeah. I didn't have a house. I didn't have a car. I gave all that stuff up. My only bill was my cell phone bill. So the money I was making from the truck was almost pure profit as far as I was concerned. Okay. Um, and that was when I was a new trucker. Um, right. And once you get a year, I've now have a year. I'm constantly offered a, a jobs. Um, yeah. You know, just you can, if you're selective, a lot of them aren't. <laughs> they, they lose one job and they quickly run to the first trucking company that hires them. But mm-hmm. if you just take your time. Um, you can easily, I have a staying offer $2,000 guaranteed a week, uh, which is $104,000 a year. Yeah. Good benefits, et cetera. And, um, and that one will pay for you my cell phone bill. Um, and they'll, wow. well, and give me a new cell phone every three years. Uh, and that's because they want, <laughs> the reason why they're well, doing that, yeah. well, the reason why they're doing that is so that you put the, the, their apps on your phone. Oh, so, ooh, and make sure you're yeah. doing your job. In a way, so they don't have to buy you a phone and give you a phone. Yeah, they're, they're 
reimbursing you for the phone so they don't have to do that for you and plus right. you don't want to have them you don't want to have a company phone because right. that ev everything that you do on it they they have legitimate um claim they have eyes on it what you're doing who you're talking right. to yeah and today we all all phones are essentially just um tiny tablets and so, I mean, I watch videos all the time. I don't want to find out what the videos are. And I watch, and I watch, I watch, I watch, you know, you know, baloney, I mean, bland ones, you know, YouTube videos, et cetera. But I still yeah. want, want them to know what YouTube videos I'm watching, especially because I watch a lot of trucker YouTube channels. And, okay. And uh, a lot of them, there are some good ones and there are some... I want to I want to circle back to the term um I guess divorce truckers because you're saying if you're an OTR trucker like a relationship's out of the cards essentially impossible or will damage the relationship it's not impossible it's, it's oh, a different okay. type of relationships you want to have uh you're a sailor okay yeah you, you can be a sailor which is a girlfriend in every port <laughs> um, you can do, yeah, that type of. There are okay. many, many truckers that do that. There are many truckers that have actually been married to multiple women, and what? women don't even know the of the other families. Oh no! Well, because you're traveling back and forth, and so right, you're you, and they've done that. And that's, I mean, it's oh, not yeah. super common, but it's not unusual. Yeah, um, right. it's also, but it's also just a horror. If you know, um the trucking industry, being a trucker has, uh, the turnover rate for truckers is between two, uh, 200 and 250%. What? Which means yeah. every, truck, every trucker you see on the road, realize that at least two other truckers have joined and left the industry in that year that that one trucker stayed driving. Wow. And there's a lot of trucking companies that are very disruptive. Um, I, I'm not going to name them because I don't want to get sued by them. Right, but right. What would they do? But uh, my first trucking company was one of them. Okay. I I would join trucking. I was a, a marketing consultant. And without going into details, mm -hmm. um, just things went wrong. And I had been sick of seeing four walls <laughs> of the office. And so to be the absolute opposite, I thought, what the hell? I'll be a trucker. Called uh, and talked to a bunch of recruiters and one of them lied to me and they're known for lying and I did not know that. If I if I could talk to people that were wanting to be truckers, there there are trucker YouTube channels that you should listen to and, and watch all their archives. There are some really good trucking companies out there. I, Dr. Pepper is one. If you want to be a daily driver and you don't mind really busting your ass, uh, yeah. lose weight. it's a great way to, it's a great way to lose weight. I was going to say, I have a friend who is a trucker. He works as a trucker. I think he's now a daily trucker, but before he used to do, he used to be like, Oh, TR, but not super long distances. Like maybe uh, well, he regional, one week turnaround. He was probably a regional trucker. There, yeah, there. probably one of those. But, but like, you're absolutely right. Ever since he started doing that, he obviously was making much better money. So he's more financially secure. He lost a whole bunch of weight because he was hella heavy before. And then and he got like fit. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. So <laughs> yeah. And like, well, he's good at it though. He enjoys it because I don't know. He's Boy, a lot of personally 
a little bit more withdrawn. Like he could, would consider himself a bit of an, um, uh, what's the not the extrovert introvert introvert, introvert. Oh, so like it helps you if you're a trucker i'm an extrovert yeah. oh, okay i'm when i was when i was doing otr um my my daily routine was um going you sleep in your truck mm -hmm. and i was a nomad so i didn't even have a home to go to didn't want to one do i mean the to me it's just stupid to be an otr trucker and having a home which you might see two days out of every if you're lucky two weeks yeah uh, and some a lot less um mm -hmm. and just didn't make sense of having renting an apartment when i'm basically i have the apartment my quarters in the back um it just it just didn't make sense but there's a lot that do uh, it's, yeah. it's lucrative and being if you're a daily driver you're giving up money to being a daily driver if you're a regional driver you're giving up money to be a regional driver daily drivers get to home, go home every night yeah uh, they have their, usually they have their weekends off regional drivers get to go home every weekend okay right. but then otr truckers um we may not go home for two weeks and, and i and unfortunately that part um because i knew a trucker before mm -hmm. i became a trucker and talked to him a little bit about it I, I knew that was the way to go was to get rid of the car, um, to get rid of the apartment and, and get rid of, I, I just condensed everything down, uh, to essentially a duffel bag and had wow. a, had a friend, a really good friend of mine. Um, he has my stuff. He uh, let me store all his stuff. He had a gigantic, uh, barn, you could say. Yeah. And I stored it there. And I, I just, a, a lot of truckers, a lot of new truckers don't understand it's not a job, it's a lifestyle. Right. Okay. And if you become an OTR trucker, uh, you're entering your own separate, it's a separate world. It's a, mm -hmm. it's, they're literally called the last cowboys. Um, the last what? The, the last, last cowboys. The last cowboys. If you knew who the, the uh, real cowboys were, oh, they, cowboys. Drove, they drove cattle. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so very similar to what truckers are uh, they're away from home for long periods of time um but even even those they usually always rode with other truck uh, with other cowboys truckers today uh, you might have a part of a team which is something you should never be uh you should never be a team driver because you'll you'll sleep on the truck while the other one drives and then while he uh, while you drive he sleeps and you never get good night's sleep um the, the roles just keep I mean I, when I was when I was doing team that was part of my uh, when I was with a trainer um, mm -hmm. I was literally bounced I'm, I'm 275 pounds I'm not I'm six foot three I'm not a small little guy and I'm <laughs> bouncing around in, in the bunk bed <laughs> I, going along. Just, it's just you you <laughs> if, if, if he stops, you wake up. You you you're not you're never like a deep sleep. You're always mm -hmm. conscious of what's going on around you. Being disruptive. He slows down for construction. I wake up. What's going on? Um, he stops into a gas station. Well, that's the time you have to go to the bathroom. Um, oh no. Yeah, and, but, and that's the other thing that really sucks is that you're peeing the peeing the bottle when you're a solo driver. Oh, oh god, yeah. I <laughs> imagine being a female trucker. Just oh, not true. even being a female trucker. And there are some. There are some. There are some. There are There are very few. Yeah. And it's very dangerous being a female trucker. Oh, I can um, imagine. I can imagine. Definitely. There's, there's, um, 
when I was when I was driving, they had you you hear trucker news, and like one woman was uh, killed in her truck, and they what? didn't find her body for I think seven days. Because once you're <clears throat> no, three days, you didn't find it by until three days. Because if I pull into a truck stop, okay, I could be there for uh, up to three days because I could have a, a, um, a 34 hour reset, which okay. means I use up 70 hour. I you, as a trucker, you can only drive 70 hours in a week, right? Um, and if you get too close, you have to have you you have to have um, a 34 hour uh, reset, which means mm-hmm. you can't drive for that period of time. Okay. <clears throat> so it's really common to have at a truck stop trucks to pull in and they won't and people won't even notice them if the truck doesn't move for 24 hours everyone assumes oh they're they're doing a reset right you know? and so people typically don't go to a truck until it's been there like three days and that's when they went and, <clears throat> and found her dead body there and oh and it was heat and everything and she's just like this and a lot of women drivers they like a lot of male drivers will have these tiny little dogs, you know, tiny little dogs. Okay. Um, I have one right now. It's a, a pepper, uh, seven pounds. Okay, that's oh, um, that's cute. That's just like, like a little thing. I, yeah. yeah. But well, women, but women drivers will have dominant pinchers, pit bulls, right? Mean dogs, and they will mock them. I mean, you come close to their cab, those dogs just. War. Come for that ass. I love it. The danger that they were in. Right. Yeah, they should. They mm-hmm. they really should have that. And um, but it's you can't have a relationship in it. Um, mm-hmm. and unless you just want to be uh, if you're into one night stands. Um, <clears throat> but there's also lot lizards, <laughs> you know, which is um, ladies of the night. Who <laughs> I've heard of the term lot lizard. I've heard of that term. I've never heard of it. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know because, are. like, I want to know, like, I guess, what kind of category do you find yourself in if you're going back into this lifestyle? Like, are you going to be the sailor and have like a girlfriend in every city? Are you going <laughs> to be, you know, hunting down lot lizards? Like, like, what, what's your angle? Or do you already have like an established family and you're they're going to be like? I've never I've never been married. Um, I've been in long term relationships. I almost got married twice. Okay. Dodge that, that bullet twice. And I'm glad I, dodged. <laughs> oh, I go to high school reunions, and you know what they say? They they talk about how many times they've been divorced. It's oh like, no! Wow. And I've never been married. I came yeah. close. I came I came close twice. Um, one with a woman from Cameroon, Africa, and another with a woman from Shanghai, China. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So you're pimping so, all over the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just, um, oh, I mean, my best friend in college was from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. It, I, I'm fascinated by foreign cultures, uh, different cultures. I, I loved, uh, I was raised by a professor of psychology. My mother was a teacher, a second grade teacher. Um, I have a degree in psychology. All my brothers had degrees in psychology. And when during the summers, because they're a teacher or professor, uh, they would have August off. And that's when we would get in the RV and see the country. I mean, as a kid, I saw the country all the time. Uh, when, when I was in school and the teacher would talk about Gaysburg, I would talk up and say, I would tell the students what it was like to walk around on Gaysburg. And, and, and uh, it's, you know, it's a lot different 
when it when you look at a textbook it's one thing but when you actually walk around in the land that you're in uh, the grand canyon unless yeah. no photograph no matter how big the photograph you can blow it up to will ever do justice to the grand canyon until you see it and Fair if you aren't you'll see it at the crack of dawn when when the light comes over and the, there's dew on the rocks and the sun hits it and vaporizes the dew and just it just it lights up it's just absolutely beautiful wow. and then it's and then it's unbelievably hot <laughs> you know <laughs> that sounds awesome okay but so so you mentioned you you've almost been married twice and you considered it dodging bullets so yeah. i wanted to ask what were those red flags that kind of popped out at you that made you decide you know what i i, I can't do this this isn't the right decision for me um well <clears throat> I, I consider to have only had really two long-term relationships, um, serious okay. relationships. Uh, everything else is just dating. Um, okay. And and so my first long-term relationship was with, um, I won't give her last name. Um, you don't have to. You can give a fake name. We don't. Okay. Her, 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 English, name, her English name was Elizabeth. Okay. And her, her African name was Cheney, uh, C-H-E-N-Y-I. Okay. And when I got to know her, uh, everyone knew her as Elizabeth. And then when I found out what her uh, middle name was, and that's common in, in, in Africa. Uh, you yeah. have uh, an English first name, and then you have your African name, and then you have your family name. Yeah. Um, when I found out that it was Cheney, it just sounded neat. And so I started calling her there. And then eventually, uh, she could tell who was before me and who was after me. Because the people before I was with her would call her Elizabeth. The people mm-hmm. that we got to know after would call her Cheney. Um, yeah. So it was, um, and but she was very um, traditional. Um, okay. Uh, the it it was um, it was my first real relationship first. Um, and I, and now, I maybe I should have married her. I don't know, but she was my first real. Yeah. I didn't have what could I compare against dating? Right, right. You know, I mean, and, you go you on a date, you don't know that person. You don't know, and and there was just there was a period of time when I felt like I was being treated like a dog. Um, oh. Go here, mm. stop, you know this type of stuff. Very being very very controlled. Mm. Okay, so things went from loving to more demanding. Not demanding, uh, more control. Control. More, okay. Not, um, she, she wasn't demanding anything. In fact, just the opposite. Um, okay. Uh, she was very. I mean, um, I started knowing her when I was twenty-seven. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and. I don't care. Uh, I was a virgin until I was twenty-seven. Okay. Wow! Congrats. Well, I know. I no. I would never recommend. No, I would never. <laughs> oh, recommend. never no, mind. No. Do not recommend. You're out of ten. Do not wait. Stupid mistake. Really? Just stupid. I wish I had never okay. waited that long. Um, never. But I was. I was also. You have to understand. When I was. When I was young, I was very religious. I almost became a mm. minister. Um, okay. Yeah. A lot of that had to do because when I was 13, my father found out he had leukemia and was told he had five years to live. 
Oh, and wow. I did the stupid, stupid kid things. I was making, I was trying to make deals with God, you know, oh. you know, I do this. Could you make my dad live a little bit longer? Oh. You know, oh. I mean, just stupid shit. And I look back oh. as an adult going, oh my God. But I, I also understand as an adult, what can you do as a kid? I mean, exactly. Yeah. I never argued with my father after that. I just, I mm-hmm. just, because I remember, see, they, when you, he had, he was, he was told five years to live. So now he's terminal. And mm-hmm. so you go, you, that if you're a child of a terminally ill parent, they commonly send you to meet others like that. And okay. I remember sitting in this round, um, not room, but, a round of tables, uh, chairs, you know, like a, a, a circle, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were purposely put in be- we, between new <laughs> child of a terminally old ch- uh, terminally old parent mm-hmm. and a um, person that was even, in some cases, the person to my right was an adult and he had been a child of a terminally old parent. Okay. And I, and I listen to everything. Um, I record everything. Um, and just things burning. I don't forget things. Yeah. Um, and so I was sitting there listening to these old ones, and a lot of their regrets. Well, some of the regrets were like, you know, the last the last conversation I had with my father was an argument, and I have to live with that for the rest of my life. Right. And I was as a kid going, "Oh fuck no." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're no, like, I'm no, not, not going to have that happen to me. So I yeah. never with my father. I, I never went against his rule. Um, but also as a bright kid and my father's a bright man. And so we could communicate on an intellectual level. Nice. Uh, he had actually nice. told my mom when I didn't, when he didn't think anyone was hearing them talk that I think of all my sons, I was the one that's going to handle his death man, handle his death. The most, like... The, the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I felt that that was my father saying that I didn't care about him. You know, like oh, I, no. Yeah. No, no, no. You have to understand. I now understand that. I'm talking right. about you're 13 years old and you're right. trying to figure things out. I mean, I went to the military uh, partly um, because I, I wanted to defend our, our Bill of Rights. I'm anti-democracy, but I'm pro-Bill of Rights, which is anti-democracy. Right. <laughs> it's the limitations that it puts on democracy. But the other reason why is because, well, when I was 18, well, I found out my father was going to die in five years when I was 13. When I was 18, I realized this is the year. Mm. And so I thought I, I wanted my dad to to have some measure of peace and and so i thought what can i do after what can i do as a teen that could give my dad some measure of peace oh i knew i mean you know i'm really i'm, I'm very bright but even i couldn't finish college in one year four years and one <laughs> to do it so i yeah. knew that and so i was okay college is out for now um and so i came up with i'll join the military and that way i could show i want to tell my dad I'll be okay. I have I have a job. I'll be okay. And I remember telling me my dad that later. He thought that was a dumb reason to join the military. <laughs> was like, you know, but he also was touched that I was concerned. My other brothers didn't give him. I, I, I wanted my dad to to feel at to feel at rest. Uh, right. To not, not be worried about me. I, I'll be okay. I'll you know. 
um, when um, I was in the military and he, I, I went to a technical school down in Waco, Texas, and he came down to visit me. And I realized, whoa, because I, I, you get a little bit of leave time between your technical school and you, when you report to your base. And I was, okay. I knew I was going to be visiting him in less than 30 days. And here he's driving down to visit me. And like my dad said, I'm, I'm smarter than the average bear. I put yeah. two together. He thought, oh my God. And I was like, holy shit, you don't think you're going to last 30 days for me? And so it was very important for me. That must have been stressful. To well. the restaurant that I paid for the bill. Um, that it was just, and he understood how important it was um, for me to pay that bill. Yeah. I wanted to show him I was okay. I, I'm an adult now. I can take care of myself here. I will treat you to this dinner, not you treating me like a child. Um, but then he lived long. I mean, I went back and I saw him after that. But that was the last the 18th. I mean, reason I didn't have long time relationships um, mm -hmm. when I was younger is because of my father. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because I, I found. Well, think about it, 13. What happens at 13? Puberty. Puberty hits. <laughs> this is when you, you like girls, all this type of stuff, you know. Yeah. It was, holy, my dad's going to die. One, right. of my, one of my gods is going to die. Mm -hmm. And I did not want to, I didn't, that was enough. <laughs> to me, it was like. Yeah, so your focus was just like him I for the next five any, years. I don't need to lose anyone else. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone else to come close to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I'm dealing with this. Um, you know, I mean, during my junior and senior year, I skipped more than fifty percent of my school year. Oh wow! Really? Uh, yeah, I'm a bright kid. I, I showed up for just the test, and I would. I still graduated with like B average. Um, oh, that's good. Wow. Yeah, that, but, I mean, that's. I won't say kids at home try that. I wish. No, 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 no. And I was trying to, I was trying to deal with it. And um, mm -hmm. I drove to this, and I didn't. <clears throat> my father is a functional alcoholic. It was just milk okay. drink after work. That's all it means. <laughs> he didn't drink before work or during work. He drank after mm -hmm. work. Right. I have brothers. They're all recovering alcoholics of one extent or another. I have two okay. older brothers. And um, I have a really older brother that I, six years older than me. So, you know, I was what, sixth grade when he was a senior in high school. And, wow. You know, I didn't, but mm -hmm. my second oldest brother was only two years older for me. Okay. And so he was really my older brother. He, he's mm -hmm. the one that, what, why would I assume older brothers do? They look after you. They kind of clue you in how the world works, you know? Right. Uh, what you're supposed to do on a date, you know? <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Literally, that, that, that kind of um, basic stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious to know, um, did you go on dates, though? Like, because I know you I mean, said that the, you were a, you were a bud. What? I went on the... I went on... I knew that you... Not new, but and there was no social pressure. Um, mm -hmm. I how can I put this? No Just one put it up. No one no one pressured me. Okay. Um, 
And um, I always knew how I, I have shin splints, <laughs> so I can never run away. So I learned how to fight. <laughs> and I mean, if you, you either run away or you fight, and I had not, I didn't have that one option. So I learned how to fight. But I mean, like, did you go on dates with girls? Like, yes, I did. Before, like, what you said, because you went to school, it was um, homecoming. Homecoming. Mm. Wow. Okay. The only ones I took girls out on dates to. And I took them on it, and then I just not dumped them. I just didn't interact with them again. Okay. Um, okay. So it was just like you brought them out for show, had a good time. No, not for show, not for show. I it was um, it's just you were expected to go on these on homecoming and prom, and okay. I, and I don't know why. To be honest, about it, I don't know why. Um, there were some girls that were very into me. I think it's because they like, I had a very lone wolf um, persona. And that's just because mm. my, I learned my father was going to die at the age of 13. It just screwed right. up my life. Right. You know, I mean, and, and before yeah. that, when I was even younger, when I was in five, I think we figured out me, I was like five years old. I was in a hospital room. I had gone, when I was really young, I was in and out of hospitals a lot. Okay. And um, one time, this kid next to me um, made friends with you know just like they you know you, you no kid gets a room by themselves you put them with other kids I mean to be right. you mean you'd put a kid in a room by themselves in a hospital I mean let's just terrorize the kid <laughs> you yeah. know let's not give him an ally let's just stick him in this room as an adult you like, I like to have a private room kids are like no I I like to have others you know yeah. <laughs> And so you'd always have another kid in, in the room with you, and you and you strike up conversations, you chat with them, etc. You you know share your toys, you play with you know joke with them, mm -hmm. and yeah. you go out there do surgery, etc. Well, he went into surgery, he never came back. Ooh. That's and terrifying. No one, and and no one told me. No one would tell me that he had died on the operating table, and he wasn't supposed to die on the operating table. It was not that type of surgery, but he did. And so the nurses never, so they came in and all of a sudden he's not there. And I'm expecting, you know, well, um, <laughs> yeah, like, where's Danny? We're going to play tic tac toe. Where do you go? Hey, yeah. You know, my nurses wouldn't tell me. <clears throat> my mom didn't tell me. She, at that time, you could have a parent in the room and she's basically like a lazy boy. She'd sleep at the foot of your bed. Yeah. Um, she didn't tell me. But then when the parents of the child came in, they offered me his toys and I knew the kid was dead. Yeah, of course. Because I knew how I've been in the hospital in and out so often that you, I spent days deciding which of my toys it was going to take, because you're only allowed mm -hmm. so many. You, right. You're told this is how big the box, however many toys you can get in there. So you like, you, oh, you're too big so I can get two of these toys in here, <laughs> you know? So mm -hmm. those toys were like a security blanket for you. Yeah, your favorite toys, and for a parent to offer your toys to them, and, <clears throat> and just wow, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. yeah. And of no course, one, <clears throat> I found out, and like, remember my mom? She wasn't in the room. <clears throat> Thirty years later, <laughs> when I'm talking to my mom, she said, "Oh my God, you knew." You know, because eventually, it's <laughs> a little hey, late. You know, when I was in there, this, this happened, and I was having one of those deep conversations you have with your mom. Yeah. She's like, holy shit. And she never, she never used those language. <laughs> no. But anyway, <laughs> she was, wow, you, you knew. 
and I, and I said, where were you? You know, and she says, oh, I was out in the hallway crying. And the nurses were all, she says, all of them were putting their heads below the counters because they were crying. And the nurses, before they would come into my room, they'd steal themselves up, come in, because you see, the thing it is, I'm going to surgery the next day. Right. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Right. So they don't want to freak me out, mm-hmm. okay? But I'm not. Like my dad said, smarter than the average bear. I'm sitting going, okay, no, something's not, not right, you know. <clears throat> and so that changed me forever. Um, from that point on, I looked at life differently. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Because I, I realized that this. I mean, you have to understand the kid mentality. Okay, not talking about an adult. As a child, mm-hmm. okay, what's important to you? I realized he would never have another Christmas. Right. Another birthday. And then I was like, holy shit, I will. And then that that changed me um, forever, for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I never asked my parents for an allowance. They gave me one. I never asked for a raise my allowance. Never asked for one. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> they gave me an allowance. I put it in the bank. Actually, I worked out how the interest rate down to the, what is it, the 27th decibel until my dad told me that um, 0.00000001 penny wasn't really worth much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Because I found out you interest compound daily. So I said, holy smokes. And then I started working how and no, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> but, but I mean, I realized that my mom would make me cookies. I didn't, I just never asked for, I, I stopped asking for things because I felt like I'm alive. How can, yeah, like how, you're grateful enough for just that. How can I, how can I complain about anything? That kid will never have another birthday. Right. That it's true. To him by his mom. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, and that changed my whole perspective. Yeah. For sure. Now, did it at all, so that as well as the passing of your dad, I remember you saying like that, you know, knowing about it, especially beforehand, um, affected your relationship wise. Now, did you ever want to have children? Do you have any children? Nope. Do you have any ports with children? I don't know, sea- sailor children? I don't know. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, I'm one, I didn't have sex until I was 27. Mm-hmm. That's probably because I was very religious at the time. I, I, I lost all my religion before then. Um, but at that time I was still influenced by, um, my childhood minister Mm -hmm. and my childhood minister basically said, well, don't you want your first one to be special? And I thought, thought, yeah, that, that I like that first one to be special. And, um, it was very hard. I mean, I went into the military, um, some really bad things happened to me in the military. Um, Mm -hmm. Scarred me. I came out and I spent years recovering from what they had done to me in the military. Now, sorry to interrupt that because that's very interesting. Like now, but that, not that, to that have you, yeah, not yeah. to have you repeat any trauma or anything. Mm-hmm. But is this like verbal abuse? Is it physical abuse? Is it in you know self-esteem? Yeah. Um.
Have either one of you served in the military? No, neither one of us, no. Um, and I have no idea what it's like or anything, so that's a, why... It's yeah. a very... It's, um, they own you, period. Okay. Um, they, they literally... They literally own you. Uh, you. This is the closest thing we have today to slavery. Wow! I mean, they can, they can, they can literally send you to your death. They can send you on. They can knowingly send you on a suicide mission, knowing wow. you're going to die. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. They completely control you. Uh, I find it humorous that leftists are so anti-military. Because the military is the perfect example of communism. It's a totalitarian society. From your abilities to your needs. You're, you cannot, you have to pass aptitude tests to even be considered for jobs. They don't give it, they don't care if how much you want to be. I really want to be a mechanic. You don't have the aptitudes, you don't get to become a mechanic. Right. Wow. Okay. In the in the when I was going through basic training. Now again, I'm smarter than the average bear. I topped off all my aptitude tests. Um, I had the choice of any career I wanted, mm-hmm. um, and that's I was <laughs> not our story. Um, but uh, they tried to recruit me for, communi- for communication, which is I found out from them encryption service. Okay. Okay. And so the brightest of the bright try to get recruited to that and um i was not i did not jump at the opportunity and they really wanted me to come in um because also they um when when i um applied i gave over some of the the psychological tests that um my father had given on me right one of them was my iq test our one was a stanford uh strong uh strong campbell aptitude test and our, our stuff like that and um so let's just say i was a prize that they'd like to have come into encryption. So I had a colonel come in and try to pitch me, but <laughs> my oldest brother's survival instructor and he sent down two two of his buddies to get me and mm-hmm. to recruit me into survival. And I'm allergic to nature, by the way. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm, I, I wear long pants always because if I have grass, um, if it rubs against my skin, I'll get a rash. What? Um, I'm allergic yeah. to nuts, chocolate, Dairy, tomatoes, uh, clothes, fruit with the seed and the meat, um, pizza. Oh. I can't eat for because it's cheese, tomato, and the crust is usually burnt. I can't eat soy. Um, that means soy flour and everything. They put soy flour into everything these days. Oh my god! Hold on. And so I. So hold on. My question is: If you're allergic to so many things. How do you manage being an OTR trucker? Because those yeah, truck are. stops are not a it's not a Whole Foods where you can get certain <laughs> gluten free, dairy free, soy free. Like, how do you manage that? Well, Just a, <clears> the truth of the matter is, is that Walmart is the trucker's best friend. Mm, okay. Um, all, all truckers go to Walmart. Idiot truckers buy stuff at the at the truck stops. Okay. Um, you, you pull your truck into a trucker friendly Walmart, and not all Walmart's are trucker friendly. Yeah, um, they should be because without us, they wouldn't have Walmart. Um, yeah, just like yeah. this uh, pandemic here has temporarily made people appreciate what truckers do for the yeah. country. Yeah, but in reality, if if all of us truckers went on strike, oh, you would starve to death. There's That's just, 
it's it's, yeah. it's over. You know. Yeah. Very true. So anyway, but anyways, uh, <clears throat> no, you go to Walmart and you buy just like if you, you go to Walmart, you can buy everything you need to buy at Walmart. So I would buy these family packets of tuna, um, not the cans because you. It's just the juice and so forth, but you just rip yeah. them apart and you can eat them right out of there. So, I mean, in the morning, I wake up and I have a packet of tuna or a packet of salmon or a flavored tuna. Okay. Um, I, um, I mean, I, I drink um, water. Um, I, I, I drink flavored water a lot. Um, I pre eat a lot of protein and, mm-hmm. and, and sugars. I've always been physically fit. Um, I'm not as physically fit as I was, was um, because I used to go to the gym uh, six days a week. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I was, I was very, very strong. Um, well, that's good. I was going to quickly ask you about, um, before we wrap up, because we are unfortunately getting to our time. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, no worries. Um, your interrogation show though really quickly um what's the most like do you have do you ever have any outrageous moments um i've just started right now i just started i i probably the some things that have happened there's one contestant that got it in two um you have up to 20 questions and he guessed it in two. Oh and wow okay he, it was it was a location it was new york city he says okay. is, is this a state uh or something like it, um and he just guessed it in two. It was like it blew everyone away. That record will probably stand for a very long time. Wow. Um, there's just humorous ones. Like um, there's one that says they can only ask me yes or no questions. Um, so, you know, they can't ask me, well, is this or this or this? Because then that's a multiple choice question. Right. So it's just yes or no questions. And one of them says, is this male or female? And they said, yes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, as opposed to no. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. It's just kind of funny stuff. And, and yeah, we'll about. it was also interesting. I, I chit chat with them in the mid, um, mid video. I do a chit chat okay. with them. And it's very interesting to find out um, what they do um, and why they're doing their channel a lot of it they're on to promote their channel and, and that's cool mm-hmm. um, okay. but others um i've been having more than the, the, some contestants come back again and again and you really get to know who they are and it's really neat to uh, you, you know you start uh feeling attached to them and nice. that type of stuff so uh, but i haven't really been on long enough to have really an outrageous moment or and i'm not really <laughs> it's all done, it's done here like it's done with zoom uh, for box design um, you know. Well, that's great. Well, you know so what? One, I was going to say, sorry, just one last question. So it's two guests like versing and then you're essentially the host and moderator. Okay. They ask me, they ask me a question. I'll, I'll answer them. <clears throat> and then it's one goes first. They have up to 20 questions. And then whatever score they get, the second contestant mm-hmm. has to, I guess, and underneath that. Okay. Okay. Got it. So sorry. What were you going to say, Hildiva? Then the next video, no. which places. So the first contestant becomes the second contestant the second contestant becomes the first and because when when the first con- when the second contestant is going the first contestant is actually on screen because they already know the mystery right and that's where a lot of the fun comes in because they can you know it's the humor it is um some sit there just like a lump and log others <laughs> are bringing out like cats and right and, and trying to make everyone laugh and I, that's really enjoyable for me and that was just wonderful 
Wonderful. So real quickly, I was just going to say, just let everybody know where they could find you, Mr. Jack, where they could find your show. They want to talk to you about anything, if they have anything to add or, um, you know, any questions for you, where can they find you? Well, um, fortunately, my channel's name is Interrogation. And there's a lot of, if you, so if you put in the YouTube search engine, Interrogation, you'll come up with a lot of police interrogations, which is not <laughs> what I do. So if they want to find me, it would be putting in, into the YouTube search engine interrogation game show. Mm. And, then, and then they'll very likely see um, one of those would be what I'm doing interrogation. Um, there's my, I have a website for it. It's called interrogationgame.com, but that's mainly for, can, it's mainly so that people can apply to be contestants for it. I'm not really, you know, they could try to find that, but it's mainly just finding there. Uh, I'm hoping that eventually this thing takes off and and I'll place a little bit higher in the ranking. And I have to get to 100 subscribers so they can have my own personal URL. And mm -hmm. uh, so that'll help. Because right now it's just uh, youtube.com slash and then a oh. random series of numbers. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. I don't even try to remove like 23. <laughs> That's oh, fine. Okay. Well, thank That's you fine. so much for coming on our show. Because we you are awesome. appreciate you having me. Yeah, no problem. And just so, to close it out, yes. I'm just going to say I am Hill Diva. You can find me at this Black Girl podcast on IG with my lovely co host here. Um, my personal IG is at the Hill Diva. And um, maybe we'll end up on your game show one day. Who knows? Oh, I love maybe to have, I contestant love to one, contestant two. Yeah, I'm not make a it happen. <laughs> but um, I'm your other co-host, Lola. Again, you can find me on Instagram at ola.miss.lola. Make sure if you have a question, concern, you want to be a guest on our show, to send us a message on our Instagram page, or you can email thisblackgirlpodcast at gmail.com. Again, if you ever want to be part of Jack's show, Interrogation, you can also visit his website at interrogationgame.com. So with that being said, thank you so, so much for listening, for being part of the show. Thank you so much for participating, Jack. We love, love talking to you. <laughs> and you you're very welcome. And for everybody else, have a wonderful day. And we will talk to you later. Bye. 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 <laughs>